Hello, everyone. This episode, for the first time in a long time, we have a guest and it is Belle Crawford. Hey, babe, how you going? Hello. This is pretty special. This is pretty cool. <laughs> yes. I'm going to try not have like a full on Kiwi accent. I'm going to try and pretend that I'm not, you know? No, people will think where people will think, you know, I've, I've gone international. I'll be very excited. So keep make it Kiwi it up, babe. Kiwi it up. Um, yeah. So you're the host of the Self Love Club podcast. Uh, yeah. I was on recently, vaguely recently. Yes, loved having you on. Everyone was so excited. We had the best chats. It was so cool. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having my podcast. I used to have people on the podcast every week and then I realized that I don't like interviewing people and then I have to like prepare. So now I just have people on that I actually like talking to. So that's why Aww. you're on because I like talking to you. Thank you. Usually. That's very I feel very honoured, so thank you. Oh, no worries. I love chatting to you. So your podcast is obviously all about self-love. Do you want to tell everyone about it and what you kind of, what you drew on there? Yeah, so I created the Self-Love Club about two and a half years ago now. And because I'm a radio host in New Zealand, so I'd been doing that for over 12 years now and doing shows and different things. And it was just a fun thing I started doing. I was like, I want to chat to all these cool people. I would come to Australia a lot pre-COVID and do interviews, which was really fun. And it I mean, I could travel to chat to people, but it was really just about helping people up their self-love game and know their worth because I know what that feels like and I'd sort of gone through that as well. So I wanted to share that and just, I guess, to have something that could help people in those moments that were hard or they were feeling alone or sad and and just chat about things that we all go through, you know? So you'd had those like sad depresso times where you felt like depresso times uh, where, yeah. you, where, you, felt, no, where you just felt really bad about yourself. So how did you change things around? I think like lo- lots of us just going through things like breakups and heaps of breakups, shitting, uh, date, shitting, <laughs> dating <laughs> shitty boys. Shitting. <laughs> Shitting. Getting gastro. Dating. Sh- yeah, sucks, man. Sucks so bad. True though. Yeah, I guess uh, dating not so good boys and just going through that. It's just an absolute shit show in your 20s, isn't it? Um, and working in an industry, which is I love, but it can be quite tough at times as well. And And I don't know. I just think... I think mostly for me, it was just going through anxiety and feeling anxious and feeling not like good enough. That was my main thing. And that's something I've dealt with since I was younger. I think most people do, right? It's pretty standard. So it was just a matter of like learning to take really good care of myself and working with therapists and just doing simple things like going for a walk. I've always been pretty big on exercise, but like just taking good care of yourself, learning to meditate, just stop hanging around shitty people, stop texting back dumb boys that only call you at 2am and then disappear for two weeks. You know, just it's not good for you and they don't deserve it. So once I started to learn to treat myself better, I just noticed my life was getting better. Not that it was really bad, like my life's always been cool, but I just noticed that and I wanted to share that with other people, you know? What's the biggest thing you've learned doing the podcast? Because I get a lot of revelations on this podcast. Like I'll be talking and it's yeah. like I'm in therapy. And then I'm like, Elise, I've just had an epiphany. And she's like, okay, yeah. common sense. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, you, you learn lots through talking to different people. Even like yourself chatting with you when I did. Like that just made me – 
it made me realize to not give a shit so much. And I think chatting to people who are from perhaps overseas, New Zealand's cool, but like, I think, I know in Australia you have tall poppy as well, but here it's very much like everyone shrinks themselves down. And I just always have found talking to people like yourself or other people and in New Zealand as well, just guests that have done rad things, but especially you Australian girls, you just like make me not give a shit and just keep going. And it just, it really inspires me. So I think I get inspired by chatting with other people and also learning that everyone, no matter how amazing they've done in life, like, okay, I always bang on about this, but I'm going to say it. I interviewed a Spice Girl and <gasps> that was really rad. Huge and flex. I know, sorry. But even learning through people who, who have done amazing things like that, they all go through rough times. They all think they're not good enough. They all think they're crap, even though they've done amazing. So it's just learning from each other. But I think I just feel really inspired by people and that's what I love out of it, yeah. Yeah, I feel like when you interview people or get to know people, like obviously I was a random bitch before Bachelor and then now, like for example, we just walked past Hamish Blake and I went, oh my God, I love him yeah, and Zoe, and I'm obsessed with obsessed them and their with kids. Oh my God. I spent yeah. 10 minutes telling someone yesterday who they were and because he was like, who's Zoe Foster Blake? And I was like, <laughs> do I have a story for you? I was obsessing over them. So like obviously now I meet people that I used to, you know, kind of like idolize or, you know, think were incredible. And I think they're amazing. But also not that I met Hamish, like this wasn't a flex. I just walked past him and saw him in real life and got really excited. I'm so jealous. I really, that yeah. was not for me. And then you talk to them and you realize two things, which I think you've already touched on one is that like everyone feels shit. And, no, and I think a lot of people, unless you're like a pure narcissist, you have mm. imposter syndrome to a certain degree, no matter how successful you are, because you get to a certain point and then you're like, oh shit, like I probably should get to the next point, to the next point. Like you're doing, you're doing, you don't get to enjoy the now and what you've achieved. And I also feel like you realize yeah. that no one really knows what the fuck they're doing. Like in reality, like obviously people are great at stuff, but no one, like you think when you have your first entry level job at an office that the CEO is some like all knowing power. And then <laughs> as you get older, you either meet people who are in the positions that not even like celebrity or media wise, I'm talking like, people that are in that higher ranking as you get older, you know, your friends turn into that, like head of HR, for example. And you're like, oh, you're just like a normal <laughs> person and you're having drinks with me, not showing what you're doing either. So what's so interesting, isn't it? Being yeah. like, oh, everyone just kind of like fumbling through life and, and feeling shit, which isn't good, but it also makes you feel a bit less weird and a bit less Yeah, alone. definitely. I think I learned that fairly early on. I was thrown in and I was on my first radio show when I was 19, like on a breakfast show. And well, you realize pretty quickly that people are just normal people. They might be on the biggest TV show or a huge celebrity or whatever, but they're, they're all just normal. And if you treat them normally, they yeah, actually it's way better and it's way more of a vibe than being like, oh my God, you're like my favorite character on the show, like which you can totally do on the inside, but you just need to, yeah, you learn that everyone's just normal people and they're just... They're doing phenomenal things, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. I mean, going on I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here that I won. Don't want to bring it up, but I did win at everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks to everyone that voted. That's nothing to do with me. Like, even being like Grant Denyer. Do you know who Grant Denyer? You would, right? Yeah, I consume a, I've lived in Australia for a bit and I, yeah, I know who he is, yeah. You watch one TV show and there's a Grant Denyer appearance. Um, yeah. You know, like, I obviously grew up watching him and... I don't know if he'll be mad at me for saying this, but it was like my favorite part of the jungle was we were all lying down and you, we bored as batshit and like the only, <laughs> like you have nothing to do all day and we're just sitting there and he goes, all right, double, I'm going to go for a little wee. And something <laughs> about that made me be like, holy shit, Grant Daniel, he's been like a staple of Australian TV for 15 years, right? 15, 
maybe 20 years, like such a long time, just told me, Dal, I'm going to go for a little wee. And I was like, it's it's just, <laughs> it just like blew my mind being in there. So people from all different like arenas and different media outlets and all people that I meet, like an interview, like you or I'm interviewed by them. You're like, oh, everyone's just normal. Like everyone's just a normal person mm. and they just yeah. do really cool shit. And that means, which is great, everyone has the ability to do really cool shit. Um, yeah. Obviously there are things like privilege and people get a leg up and people get nepotism and, you know, but you know, they're just normal people. Like one of my favorite people in radio is Whipper. Elise knows how excited I get when he comes in because he walks. Do you know if it's in Whipper? Yeah. Yeah, and this is the Nova, obviously. So Whipper walks by sometimes and I get so excited, but I get so excited because I love him. I love talking yeah. to him. And it, you, like, initially it was like a fangirl thing. And now I'm like, I fucking love this bitch. Like he comes in <laughs> and I'm like, hey. It's just so nice. So anyway, so I got you on because I felt like you'd be really good at advice. So I used to every week a year ago when I first had the podcast, I used to do an advice or t- question or two with every guest that I had and then I started to get imposter syndrome pretty badly and I felt mm. like I, cu- I couldn't answer advice questions anymore but I'm going to try and do that more again I just get like oh I don't know I know what you mean and also I think sometimes it's like you- we're not an expert at something it's kind of a bit niggly so then if unless you can get a person on I know what you mean though yeah definitely and then it's it's back to the thing like well what would I know you know when we do know shit you know I know so much yeah. shit um yeah <laughs> So I went through all my emails and let's just kick it off. I'm going to read this out to you. You haven't seen these, so you haven't been able to prepare. Sorry, babe. That's all good. Usually I would send them, but I feel like maybe it's more fun doing... On the spot's good. On the spot. Okay. Hi, Abby. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just having a bit of an issue at work. I don't know. Handle, handle. I love a work question because I feel like we do so many relationship questions, but I feel like work is actually a really hard thing to navigate. Oh, yeah. And this will be probably relatable to you being 19 and, and like a pretty woman in radio. Let's hit it. I'm 27 and I work with people double my age. Since starting in February, I've had to make my mark and been promoted and trained into new things. And when I stopped working weekends, another person got put on those days without being asked first. Now this woman thinks that it's my fault and has told everyone that it's because I'm young and pretty and that's why I get special treatment and I get what I want from the bosses who are all male. I'm engaged and have kids and the last thing I'm doing at work is flaunting my sexuality or flirting with anyone. She basically slut me for doing absolutely nothing other than my job. She's been there for a lot longer than I have and has not moved from the position she's in. Not through lack of trying on the boss's part either. I've also been finding out through other staff she's talking about me behind my back and I even caught her doing this the other day and I've had numerous conversations about it with her and have told her that if she has a problem, she's talked to the boss about it because it's not my fault that she isn't going anywhere. Today, I was given a new promotion. Go me. Yes, bitch. (laughs) And instead of it being an exciting celebratory moment, it got turned into a slut-shaming and rumor-making event that ended in her being pulled aside and told by my boss that she's being a bully and needs to stop. Now I'm nervous to go back to work on Monday because of it, and I don't know how to handle the situation or even what to say to her on Monday. I can handle myself and stand up for myself, but I can't deal with the talking about me behind my back. And I don't feel like I'm walking into a place where everyone thinks I got promoted because of my looks. I work hard to get what I want to achieve, and I'm struggling to come to terms with how others are now perceiving me. My anxiety is through the roof. I need your help. Thoughts? Aww. That's a real shame because, I mean, it's like spoiling a beautiful moment where she's worked so hard, you know, and like she's juggling a lot in life and she's worked her way up and she's got this promotion and it's like some jealous lady is just like, it's her jealousy. And I I think it's good in a way that work are obviously aware of it because it can be horrible when you're dealing with it silently and she's maybe just saying stuff to you. But it sounds like work are aware and they're already 
on this lady's case. So I feel like if it's an ongoing thing, she's got like the management and HR stuff, if there's an HR department on her side. It it sounds like she has spoken to her. I was going to say the first thing you could do is just like keep asserting boundaries and just like Like, mm. be really clear and just maybe on Monday, just, just say something to her, be like, this can't continue. You just have a chat with her. Not that that's easy and not that she should have to. But it sounds like some of the chats haven't gone anywhere. But that's where I think the bosses need to step in and help out because this is workplace bullying. And often females, especially young ones, just have to put up with it And because, like, you know, knowing your place and everything. And that's you horrible. Were saying is because she's pretty and saying that really – this is why people have imposter syndrome, particularly young mm. women in industries that they are not usually in. Like I used to be in commercial real estate and, you know – people would say that I got my job because I was I was pretty or because I was young or because not because I had a degree and got better marks than all my male counterparts in the same degree and was helping them, tutoring them after uni, um, you know, but it's because I'm pretty and young, you know. That makes me sad. I also feel like, like she gets what she wants from the bosses. What's wrong with a woman wanting to get a promotion? Like, oh, she gets what mm. she wants. So why do we hate her for it? Like you were saying yeah. that tall poppy is a, is a thing in New Zealand, but it's more like making yourself smaller. Can you explain that? Like have you ever experienced that in your workplace? Yeah, well, I've had promotions or situations where there's been other females and internalized misogyny is such a thing. I think that's such a big issue when it comes to sexism. It's like a lot of it is how other women treat women and it's it's absolutely disgusting. Like, I just really hope it stops. And I think because there's often only so many spots for women or whatever that people end up competing and get jealous of someone. Like, I've had a lot of people that don't like me for no reason and then they find out that I'm actually a nice person and they're like I don't know why I didn't like you they're threatened it's their shit and I used to always take that on board as it was my fault there was something wrong with me that people you know would have that reaction towards me but no I've definitely had that before where I was working at a station and I got a job someone else wanted and she was just really horrible to me would bad mouth me to everybody but in the end, those people don't do well. They end up getting, like, people get rid of them because no one wants a, like someone like that around. That's really sad. If you think about it from one side, that lady, that, how sad is that that she feels that way? And in, in, another thing, I actually think that, you know, people think young women being pretty, I actually think it's harder in a lot of ways because you are, like, younger. You might not be that experienced, so you might not know as much. So I often feel like you feel like you shouldn't be there rather than people thinking that you're there because you look a certain way. I don't think that's a thing at all. I think it's the opposite. I, you have to prove yourself. Yeah, I was always feeling like I had to prove myself. But exactly. she needs to chat with that lady again. If it's not going to be okay, then she needs to, like, HR management need to deal with this lady. Like, it's gone on too long. And, yeah, and it's not actually up to her to sort that out. If this is continuing to happen in a workplace and this lady, can, she'll eventually stop, but she's just going to keep going because she thinks she can do that. And that's just shit. So I hope... Yeah, I hope she stops. Otherwise, unfortunately, this kind of stuff exists in another workplace. So even if you leave, it's still probably going to happen elsewhere. And especially a lot of women will, if you're a pretty clever woman, they will hate on you because they're threatened by you and they don't want you to shine. Yeah, and I think the only reason why getting promotion is because you're doing other nefarious things, not just being good at your job. I was talking to someone the other day about privilege and we were talking about how in a corporate situation, if you're a straight white man, you're assumed to be 
competent and you kind of have to prove yourself to be incompetent before anyone will believe you time and time again. Like you can walk mm. up to work and you can like look a bit scruffy. Your presentation won't be perfect or amazing. You can say stupid shit in meetings. You can be loud. You can swear. But if you're any person of color, if you're a woman, particularly a young woman, if you're, you know, openly gay or part of any minority that people know about, people assume you're shit at your job until you prove them otherwise. Whereas for straight white men, it's the complete opposite. If you rocked up to work and you had your hair in like a messy bun uh, and no makeup on, everyone would be like, what the fuck is she doing? But then, you know, the, your male counterparts her a cup and like, hungover as fuck, eh? Yeah. I think it's particularly prevalent to people of colour, but I think it is still a thing for women as well, that we have to prove mm. ourselves despite everything else so you're completely right in that her being young and pretty does not help her at all nah. in fact you aren't taken seriously no you're not people think you're a dumb girl you don't know anything just like and I understand that other people who are more experienced and stuff they do know things so you need to know your place but it's like yeah I, I totally agree yeah and like the thing is you need to know your place but also sometimes companies like I know industry she's working in but sometimes companies need and want and it sounds like this company wants a breath of fresh air and younger people mm. because often like this whole thing with working from home right with COVID this kind of shake up that's happened uh, there's been a few TikToks that I've seen uh, for some reason I'm on like HR TikTok I don't know how I've gotten there but I enjoy it interesting <laughs> like it's fucking bizarre people are like oh I work in HR and all the employees are saying they want to work from home for now or they want to have a flexible schedule schedule you know the options are we can either do people don't want to be on a schedule they have the option to come into the office but they also want to work from home they find them more productive at home rather than in the office blah blah blah, blah. and then the only person that's ever really stopping it is you know old or old, old ceos <laughs> old crusty old kevin <laughs> yeah 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 kev kev that's like um this just isn't how things are done i feel like sometimes like particularly now having someone younger in a higher position can make things much more efficient because it would be cheaper and more efficient to have people at home. But just because things aren't done the way that they've always been done doesn't mean that they're wrong. So I feel like maybe this company is trying to make a deliberate decision to move in a different way. And also just because you've been somewhere longer doesn't mean you deserve a promotion. Mm, no, you're totally right. People, it's entitlement. It's it's entitlement. People think they're just entitled. And, and they blame everyone and, else yeah. for it. And it's like, no, Karen, you're just shit at your job. She's way better than you. Sorry, for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> you're right. She's This young woman has actually done more to obviously prove her worth in the company. And I think you're also really right. I haven't touched on this yet, but you were saying before about how there's only, there's only a certain number of seats at the table for us. Yeah, women need to act in certain ways. And I know myself, I've had to like – not not being aggressive but it's like you almost need to like be a bit more assertive and you need to like care it's so hard you've got to be careful in how you do it because it can come across for women as being a bitch or whatever and so I've at times had to not be as soft as I not actually am I need to be a bit more like assertive in a polite way but just to get your point across whereas a guy could do it and people listen whereas they just don't listen all the time so basically I mean we don't really have any advice to except for keep talking to her about HR but it's yeah she has yeah, well, it's uh, it's her manager has to sort it out. Obviously, she's already spoken to her. She's spoken to management. Management need to sort this issue out. That's what I would say has to happen. And over time, this lady will eventually stop. And just remember that, like, good, hardworking people always do well in life. It's the ones who moan and are nasty and bullies. They don't do well in life. So just keep keep your head up, keep strong, and it will it will come right in time. But your management need to sort this one out for you or help you at least. Absolutely. 
Okay, next question. So my best friend, let's call her Michelle, and I have been inseparable for about six years since late high school. We've gone through everything together and we can talk to each other about anything. She is the person I feel most comfortable in the world with. About 12 months ago, Michelle got into a relationship with a man, let's call him Tim. For the first few months, Michelle and I continued to see and talk to each other like normal besties. But for the last four to six months, she's been extremely difficult to get a hold of and I'm never able to see her if Tim isn't included. My nightmare. I'm uh. always the one to message first and if we plan to do something, she bails the day before or the day of. I would normally understand this as she's a busy gal, but I see later on social media she's out with Tim. I've tried to speak to her about this a few times. However, she gets very defensive and continues to say she wants to see me. A lot of our mutual friends have noticed this Tim-centered change in behavior and agree she's been extraordinarily distant and pushing away all of her closest friends in favor of being alone with him. I guess what mm. I'm asking is if you have any advice on how to approach this with her or even if I should, you should. Am I perhaps overthinking this? No. It just seems like he's the center of her universe and because of that it seems as though i'm losing my best friend what are your initial thoughts on this i think we've all had oh, this friend and maybe we've been definitely. this friend i sometimes am this friend when i'm obsessed with someone so many girls do this i don't really do this not being like putting myself on a pedestal i've definitely my first boyfriend was very infatuated with and he wanted to be like that and it just doesn't really suit me i'm quite independent and i I just don't think it's, it's codependency. It's not healthy, right? So you can definitely have a lot of time with your boyfriend and still have time with your friends. But unfortunately, a lot of people and a lot of girls particular do this. Whereas I don't, I, I bet Tim doesn't drop everything for her when it's time with the boys. You know what I mean? So it's often not the other way around. But I think you need to have a uh, chat with her about it. It is very awkward because especially when it comes to their boy boyfriend, they're going to be very protective. And he probably, at the end of the day, comes first to her. Mm. But it's really shit when you're the friend. And then when Tim, for example, bloody Tim, Tim, I'm going to do it in my Aussie act. My dad's called Tim. And in Australia, he's had to call he's had to call himself Tim instead of, otherwise it's like, I'm Tim. Uh, Tim from New Zealand. <laughs> I'll have a long black. And he's like, my name's Tim. Anyway, sorry. Some random little like, rant. Uh, my dad actually Boy, has to call himself Tim in Australia. Yeah. Oh. I was like, what's your name? Is it Tom? No, <laughs> but um, I think she has to have a chat with her. But it's going to be a tricky one to navigate because, again, she's going to put her boyfriend before her friend, and that's just shit. And that's but that's the way it is. But it's crappy when you know he's not around, and then she'll want she'll expect her friend to drop everything for her. I've had friends that have done that when I've been the single friend or whatever. And there was a couple of girls I was friends with. I just stopped hanging out with them because they would just expect you to drop everything for girls night. But it was just on their terms. And it's like, just because I'm single doesn't mean, oh, and at this point in my life, doesn't mean that I am always free for you just because your boyfriend's away. Like, you can, I can see through it and it's shit. And it's actually not a very good friendship. Like, that's not very kind. And it's not, yeah. So maybe it's just having a chat to her and being like, hey, I understand, like, and I really support you. And even if you don't like the boyfriend, you know, I support you and I want you to be happy and everything, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, as a friend, this makes me feel like this. And I, you know, perhaps we could, you know, work on scheduling in time every now and then where we hang out properly. Because at this stage, I'm just not enjoying this friendship. Or you can just do the, the thing I often would do as a savage Capricorn. I just cut people without telling them. I'll just be like, nah you're dead to me which not not dead to me 
sorry, that's not the right wording. If people show things like that, I'll be like, uh, nah. And then just back off it's a bit. Shitty. It's been it's been six months of this. It isn't like it's like, oh, it's been two weeks where you're in the infatuation yeah. phase. And people don't really change. They just keep behaving the same. But I would you could say something in a really well worded, polite, kind way. I'm not as I promise I'm not a savage that just cuts people. I definitely don't. I am kind. I mean, I wish I was a savage at cut people. I'm more like, I'll give them another chance. Yeah, give them a few chances. But if it's six months worth, then like come on. Like Tim needs to take a bloody height, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean it's also not maybe the conversation could be centered around not around Tim because I, I think you're right. She yeah. gets very offensive. If she says things like, I feel like you aren't respecting my time when you cancel last minute. Yeah. And it actually isn't. It's a big fuck around. If you've planned, like if you've planned a weekend and someone cancels yeah. on you twice in a week and you're like, well, you've just wasted my entire two days off. Like, yeah, thanks for totally. that. So maybe that could be, because if she's gets, if she gets defensive when she speaks about it, it could be because she's thinking that you don't want her to be with Tim. And then Tim yeah. is, you know, her entire world, like you were saying. And also just remind her in the wise words of Fergie, Boys just come and go like seasons. Fergalicious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think you were right. That's a good angle at it. Just, um, yeah, talk about because it's boundaries, right? That's like wasting someone's time. That's like a sh- just showing that they don't think your time's that valuable. They're just like, you know, that's that's really rude. Because, like you say, if you're busy and you only have a certain amount of time off to catch up with people or whatever, then she's wasted that time when you could be doing way more fun things. But then another thing is stop giving your time to people who are not worth it. Like, if they keep doing that, they're not worth it like that's knowing your worth and if you keep over doing it over and over again letting them do that to you you're just showing them that you don't really value yourself when if you value yourself you can go hey this really annoys me how you constantly cancel on me I understand you're busy let's life but it's happened quite a bit and like it doesn't make me feel very good I really value our friendship but I would you know it'd be really nice if you didn't do that all the time and if she continues to do it you're just gonna have to back off like yeah I also feel yeah. like it is risky behavior by Michelle because Michelle's going to lose herself in this relationship. And then, like, let's be honest, most relationships end. Like, every relationship <laughs> ends until it doesn't. Like, I don't know how old they are, but my demographic's, like, 20 to 30. So let's assume yeah. they're, like, in their, like, oh, wait, for about six years since late high school. So when's that? They'd be, like, 22 or something. Yeah, so they're, yeah. they're young. You're probably not going to last. And I, I've often said that. Yeah. When she breaks up with him, whenever she realizes that Tim is not her left leg, then she's going to go back to her friends and be like, guys, I'm so sad. I need to mourn. It's like, well, no, Mm. because you didn't include us in your life for the past year. Why am I supposed to be there for you? Like you're free therapy. Like you can't just be there for people when things go. You can't ask for people's emotional energy only when things go bad for you. You have Mm. to invest in friendships. Yeah, and that's why it's important to keep the balance and obviously your relationship, yourself and your friendships. It's about balance. And if one's out of kilter, if you're with your boyfriend too much, you're out of balance in other areas. And you're so right. I think all girls get annoyed with their girlfriends who ditch them. We all know people that do that. Maybe, you know, someone listening does that themselves and no judge, but it's like, it's really annoying when you then expect your friends just to drop everything for you. And they will as good friends because they love you and breakups suck. But it's just something to keep in mind when you are in a relationship, it's healthy and a relationship where you're only consumed by that person, it's not healthy. And that over time is probably not going to work out in the long run because Codependent. it can't, it can't, it can't survive long term. Who yeah, are you? Yeah. You just have your own lives. Also, you can't be bringing a boyfriend to everything. It's I, That's my number one pet peeve. I, I hate when I organize like dinner with a friend and they'll be like, oh, we'll, <laughs> we'll be there. And I'm like, who's we? Who the fuck is we? And they're like, oh, like, you know, Tim's coming. And yeah. I'm like. 
why the fuck is Tim coming? I have a reservation for two. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, like, like, yeah. And also, and I could love the boyfriend. Like, it doesn't sound yeah. like Tim's and I was like, I could like be actually friends with the boyfriend, but I'm like, I can't speak to you in the same way that I can when you, when we're by ourselves. Also, I can't ask you if you're doing okay in your relationship. Like I, I can't, like I need to check in with you as well to make sure everything's okay with you. When you're around your boyfriend, when you're bringing him, I can't be like, how's Tim? And you can't answer honestly, you know, like, I feel like yeah. that, that also stops. It also is like a wall up for intimacy and a friendship and emotional emotional connection with each other if you can't have time without this barrier of a boyfriend like sorry like I don't yeah. enjoy the male energy in the room like, it, yeah. like I, I'm fine with it but like I'm not being like bring <laughs> you're not boyfriend. gonna say no to it <laughs> yeah like some of my some of my like I have like a group in Brisbane and we all went we all worked in hospital together like all six of us and four people were couples in it. There's also like three others of us. There's so seven of us. And like, I love their boyfriends. I'm, I've been friends with their boyfriends as long as I've known their boyfriends. Like, I mm. love them. But we do things without the boys all the fucking time. And for a while yeah. there, though, girls, if you're listening, I'm going to call you out. There was a time where we, we didn't hang out for like three months without the boyfriends. And I was like, guys, this, uh, this is so <laughs> fucking boring. Like, love the boys. Love them, love them, love them. Love you, Jake and Aaron. And that was like a couple of weeks. And I was like, girls, we can't. And I was like, let's have a girls' night. And they'd be like, okay, yeah. cool. And then it fixed it because my friends are normal. I think because of COVID, everyone got a bit codependent as well. Yeah, yeah. And no one was able to really see each other anyway, yeah. It was normal. But I feel like if this is a, if this is a 12-month-long thing, bitch, Tim, sort it out. you know, have some time away from Tim. And you're so right. I don't think Tim is – Tim is taking time away from her. Maybe also bring that up. Be like, so does Tim drop everything as well? I've recently got dumped by the guy I actually thought I was going to marry. We were super in love and very in tune to the point when we finished each other's sentences. Okay, I thought you guys would do that. <laughs> Made very- <laughs> made some random noises at the same time that's so kooky and communicated without words he broke up with me because he felt he wasn't ready to give me what i wanted in a relationship and he needed some time alone i was an emotional wreck and tried to fight it for about a day but after a few days i was basically fine Everyone around me has commented on how well I've handled it and telling me I'm allowed to be emotional, but I'm honestly just not upset. I'm not happy that it ended and I'm not waiting around for him, but I'm not feeling the absolute devastation everyone else thinks I should feel. Is there something wrong with the way I'm processing this? Does this man didn't love him the way I thought I did? Do I have zero emotions? No, babe. You probably just don't need to go to therapy. Oh my god, I'm jealous. I want to. I want to react like that. Like honestly, every breakup, I feel like I'm gonna die. Like <laughs> death. It's the you worst. Like it's the worst. Go- you feel like you're never gonna feel better. I went through one end of last year. And, oh god, it like. It doesn't get older. It doesn't get easier as you get older either. They just like, oh, I'm jealous. No, I think that's fine. Like, I mean, obviously if she's like suppressing emotions, but I think she felt shit for a day. Maybe that's all she needed. And everyone's different. I don't think there's a right and wrong way. I'm good on her. Like, I'm proud of her. She sounds like really like well balanced. I'm like far out. Knows her worth and knows that she she doesn't. She's not waiting around for him. And she she's not happy, but she's like, yeah, cool. I mean, you couldn't give me what I wanted, so. 
that's that's fine. And also, like, it is nice that your friends are being. I think that's nice that our friends are like you're allowed to be emotional, yeah. you know. But like, you know, yeah, I feel like yeah. after a while, be like, guys, I'm actually fucking fine. Like, can we stop bringing it up? Because I'm totally okay with this whole situation. And I'm I'm jealous. I want to be like this. So yeah. no, you did love him, and you know, I mean, I said the other day, I still cry about the Bachelor. What the fuck? That's not normal. That's two years later. I'm like. The Rock getting dumped on a rock. So sad. Uh, like he'll upload an Instagram and I'll be like in a sensitive area and be like, so sad. Um, but not like a sob. And I'm fine, everyone. It just is like, you know, miss him. It's, it more, it's more miss him than I wish you were together. It's like, oh, yeah, that sucks. I know. What cool. you mean, yeah. So, babe, you're fine, basically. I just wanted to like read that out and, and have people know that like you don't have to fucking be. I love that. I, I remember the first time ex boyfriend that I love, and I had this story about this my, my big ex-boyfriend and I call him ex-boyfriend that I love but when ex-boyfriend that I love broke up for the first time I cried I'm not jo- I'm not joking four days straight I had to work from home because I were like you because I, I could work but I would cry <laughs> while working like Aww. I was like not right I know I don't know why it was Amanda <laughs> in a day and then he came over and got back together again and then which I should have said no to I should have been like this I should have been like I'm not waiting around for you but instead I wasted four and a half years of my life Aww. yeah no totally I've been I've being the crier at work and then like literally crying while the songs or whatever are playing on the radio and then I come on and I'm like, hey, I'm good. I'm happy and breezy. I can I can switch it back on and off you like that. You had to talk. See, I could, at the time I was doing radio shows, mate. Yeah. Nah, and then, Shit. But then, no, I, I'm the same. I can't, I barely can eat. I The one I went through into last year, I couldn't sleep for like two weeks properly. Like I couldn't eat. It's just horrible. Yeah, it sucks, but yeah. So maybe we should take some inspiration from from. Yeah, our... give us some of that energy, please. Absolutely. Oh, my God. It's horrible. I can't believe you did that. What the fuck? Would you mind just not going out with him again? All right, so I told you before you came on that um, I want to hear your worst date story, and I feel like you might have some bad ones because oh, I have some bad ones. Where do I start? I feel like if you have personality, where you attract weirdos. I don't know what it is. I yeah. feel like they just think that we're fun and kooky, but they are fucked up. So what's your personal nightmare fuel? Oh, okay. I do have a couple, but I'm going to literally do them very quickly, I promise. So basically, when I was living in Melbourne for a little bit, I lived quite close to Chapel Street and there was this guy that had been hounding me for a day and I was like, yeah, cool. Like I'd been pretty busy. I think I'd been going on some other dates as well. Just living my life, you know, having fun. And he literally was like, cool, come meet me this time, da, 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 da. I I wasn't really feeling like going out, but I was like, okay, cool. I'll do it. I went and he didn't even freaking turn up. He stood me up and I'd never been stood up before. And I was like, I didn't even want to go. And he stood me up. Wait, what? Did you message him? Um, I can't remember. I think I might have. I think I didn't. I think I was just like, hey, like I'm here. And then I just never. Nah, I'm again, I'm stubborn. I'm just, just like, fuck you. Don't stand me up, bitch. That was the only time I was ever stood up. And apparently that's quite common. But for me, like however old I was, I just was like, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> it was pretty shit. <laughs> What do they get? Honestly, I don't think. Surely, no one is maliciously sending someone up. Surely, that's an insecurity with them, right? They're nervous and they're insecure. Yeah, no, I think he was just insecure. I feel like he messaged me like a few weeks later and was like, "I'm so sorry." Like there was a, I don't think there was a reason. I think he chickened out, but it's just really shit because it makes you feel really shit. But it's actually not about you. It's their thing, okay? 
But yeah, I feel, I almost felt embarrassed for a long time about that because I was like, oh my God, shame. Like, is there something wrong with me? Like, but no, it's not. It's usually the other person's shit. Another date I went on, I didn't realize that this guy, I went on a couple of dates with him, then I cut it and I'll tell you the story. So basically kind of knew of him. He's like kind of a well-known person over here. Won't say anything um, details wise. But I went on this date with him and we had a really fun night. I'd actually gone on a date for dinner with this other guy that my friend had set me up with and didn't really like, I was just like, but I'd already planned to meet this other guy afterwards. So anyway, we had a really fun night. We went home to my house and then the next day I was so hungover, dropped him off. I didn't realize, but he was still living with his ex. So I dropped him to his ex's house. (laughs) And They'd broken up. Yeah, but why did I he tell you that? Why I was he like, yeah, know. actually, it was my, so weird. Like, they had a kid together, and it was Mother's Day, so I was like, like what? Um, this is a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> this is a long time ago. Okay, I promise I don't date people like this anymore. But I attract. I've attracted some absolute weirdos. How have, you, weird. how have you stopped attracting weirdos? Because I have. Oh. I've recently. I think I've stopped. I think. I think the the taps finally turned off for me. I hope the weirdo tap. I don't know. I don't really attract as many anymore in terms of as many of anyone. Like there's a few, but they're not always as like, there's not as many. So when, you cho- when you're fussier, you're going to attract less dick, if you know what I mean. So you have to be okay with that and spending a lot more time on your own. But I just think as I got older, I think with the podcast stuff I do as well, they're like, oh, we ain't messing with her. She know her worth. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And, also, and also I've had a guy, because I did a whole episode of my ex-boyfriend and actually I didn't release part two because he, tell the story. But you can't say. I can't even say it, yeah. So and then the guy that I was fucking at the time was like, don't you, he was such an asshole. He was a fucking abusive piece of shit. Not my ex-boyfriend this new guy that I was dating. Yeah. Fucking. And he was like, don't you think guys are going to be scared to date you because you'll just like put them on blast on your podcast? And I was like, well, if they don't do anything wrong, I'm not going to talk about them on the podcast. Like I speak about guys mm-hmm. that I fuck and I say how amazing they are and how great they are. I know someone's name, but like, if you don't treat me like shit then, like, yeah. and I won't, it's like Taylor Swift said, like, I think Taylor Swift said something similar, didn't she? At least, at least just nodded where she was, someone was like, don't you think men are scared to date you because you write a song about them? And she was like, well, if they treat me well, what am I going to write about them treating me well? Totally. Like she nailed it. But it's like, that's almost a form of abuse. It's like, um, I treat you like shit, but you don't, you dare tell anybody. It's like, I'm sorry. Like what? Yeah. No, definitely. I can't believe you've embarrassed. That's what my ex said. He was like, I can't go through another public humiliation. And I was like, you do this. You, you tortured me for four years. <laughs> like, like, yeah. you're like, what the fuck? Anyway, I think another thing is just not replying, not replying to those people. It's like if they're messaging you like after a while or if you're still chatting to them or whatever, just stop talking to them. Like, and that's what I think something I did. I just completely, I didn't have, you don't have to be savage and say anything, but you just stop replying and eventually they give up. Like if they're messaging you at three in the morning, two in the morning up to babe, it's not cute that you, they don't want to be with you. They, you know, they're a fuck boy, like stop romanticizing people that are treating you like shit. And once you just stop allowing that in your space, they stop, honestly, they stop coming for you. Does, I haven't quite nailed it. I still get the odd emotionally unavailable person, but I'm working on that in therapy. Well, um, babe, I recently had a revelation about this, about this guy that I am slash was sleeping with, who knows by the time this releases, what's going to happen. Maybe we will hate each other. But at the moment, <laughs> at time of record, we've been talking about, like, how we feel about what's going on. Like, we're not 
like we both don't want monogamy or to date anyone, but like I like him like a seedling of, of emotion. And I feel like that's stopping me from any emotional unavailable people because I just I am now not scared to ask anyone, what do you want? Do you like me? Yes or no? And if I say no, I'm like, okay, see ya. Yes. And it stops it before you get obsessed and before yes. you get in love. And then it's not like six months and you're like, so what are we? And they're like, nothing. And you're like, hmm. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And, and and people can tell lies and stuff in the beginning, but I think you should definitely have those chats. And I think that's something a lot of women or people or whatever are taught not to, like you shouldn't have those chats. Because no, you need your crazy. It's normal. And w- when you've dated a lot of shit bags, like you're probably conditioned to think that you shouldn't ask someone what, what you know, not, a thing I like is like, hey, what's important to you in life and in a future relationship? Just something like that. It doesn't need to be full on. It's just like, it's, but it's mature, and if they don't respond well to that in the beginning, then it's not going to get any better. So just test it out. Like, yeah. Wow, so amazing. You are so amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Can you plug your potty, please, and everything else you want to yes. plug? Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I have a podcast called The Self Love Club. You can listen on all podcast apps. It's an honor to be on. We have lots of guests like Abby. We chat about heaps of stuff like you do as well. I probably don't talk about as much. Like I, I crack up, honestly. I was making dinner the other night to, uh, listening to you and Elise talking about your um, Abby with Vush. Um, I probably don't talk about sex as much as you, but I, but I love I'm here for it. No, I yeah. mean we love it. I mean you're more like you know like self yeah obviously self love and empowerment. We're like who's squirted? We're like how yeah, do we yeah, suck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but also like yeah. love yourself. But like then it'll be like yeah, it's it's chaotic in here. I um I met I met uh, Courtney Act. You know the she was on RuPaul's yes. Drag Race. I met her the other day at a photo shoot for Nova, and she was like, you know, I got because I have a podcast, Vanity and Courtney Act have a podcast with Nova, and she's like. I thought that my podcast was was crude. And then I listened to yours on the way here and I thought, we're completely fine. I was like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think I am making everyone else better about the crudeness of their podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank well- you so much. Yeah, and you can find us on Instagram as well at Self Love Club Podcast and I'm at Belle Crawford on Instagram as well. Thank you so much, Gorge. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Thanks for having me. 